Marleya, do you know what I adore about Romarin et Cabot? The Feline Welcoming Committee? Exactly. And the folks running the place are just good and knowledgeable people. They've got everything from crystals, incense, herbs, candles, and so much more. And books. Awesome books. Oh, so many good books. That's why Romarinette Corbeau is Oxford, Alabama's mom and pop metaphysical bookshop. And for our listeners, you can find them on social media or better yet, visit them in person. We've got a link in our episode notes and you can visit their shop in Oxford, Alabama. Check them out, y'all. If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. ocean anywhere around here where's my coconuts take a mediterranean those are Cheer. kiwis <laughs> <laughs> they know coconuts those are kiwis <laughs> oh, <laughs> no i literally have kiwis here I know. Uh, just for the audience if we're gonna say hello <laughs> hello Hi, Marleya. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Hi, y'all. I got kiwis. Tell us why you got, <laughs> got kiwis <coconut>. today. <laughs> well, since we're talking about the tropics and all things fruity and fun, fruity. and it is Pride Month. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. We're back, even though, Yay. yeah. Wow, we haven't been here it's probably been a in month. a month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Lots of happened. Traveled. Lots, Lots of, of travel. travel. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do a, a pride drink. It's really, really pretty. It's a pride sangria. It's very easy, basically. Pick your favorite white wine. Call for Moscato. I put Pinot Grigio. I'm not a huge Moscato fan. But I think I probably should have stuck with it. But it does have some simple syrup and lime juice and triple sec in it. Mm-hmm. I did not have Cointreau. You use triple sec? I use triple sec, but, but not the bad kind. <laughs> I know it's probably all the same. <laughs> and then, so it's filled with different fruits like a rainbow. You can see the post with the pictures, but strawberries, mangoes, kiwis, blueberries. And yum. yum. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Slanja, happy pride. Cheers, happy pride. Happy pride. Did you want to uh, share anything about your trip? You want to save that for uh, B-side? How do you want to? Yeah, maybe B-side. It was great. I had a a fantastic time in both Scotland and Ireland. I definitely want to go back and um, explore more. We did a lot more driving than I anticipated for mm. to get between places. It was fun to drive on the wrong side of the road and <laughs> no accidents. Mm. We didn't scrape or scrub. I did turn in front of one car one time. Did you get honked at? They threw their hands up at me and I was just like, mm-hmm. sorry, because I'm turning right into mm-hmm. traffic coming from the left. It didn't look left. So I wonder what like a Scottish like curse would be. Kind of, <laughs> like, besides like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what. Yeah. Feck. they uh everybody was very one thing i learned and especially ireland well in all both places people waited on people to turn and stuff Uh, like there were i think only once that i hear anyone blow their horn oh but uh the last day i ended up accidentally driving through the middle of dublin city center oh wow yes it was not intentional we were trying Mm -hmm. to find a place to park and it was trams and 
bicycles and trains and buses and people on scooters and Uber Eats and people walking for us to have. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was in the main busiest part and uh, but I made it through. I did not hit anyone. Did you have to? That was a little stressful. I had to get home a couple of times. I had to. We went to a parking deck and it was literally closed at 730. We drove up to it and the doors were down. Oh, so I had to back down an alley full of seagulls <laughs> that's not the word i thought you were i didn't say. think so either first off there's seagulls everywhere in both countries i've not seen so many ginormous seagulls in my life I, and everybody if you don't know how i feel about seagulls I have a strong <laughs> dislike of seagulls they shit all over everything and the people who feed them the people who feed them don't even get me started but it was literally full of seagulls and cars jammed together and we tried to go in and it was, they were like, oh, uh, this parking, uh, what do they call it? This car park closes. I was like, they just like roll up the doors for real. Like, just close it. Oh, okay. So that was, that was the main um, adventure in Dublin. Oh. It wasn't that fun. Did you hit any seagulls? I was trying not to. And Candace said, I thought you hated them. Just run over them. And I was like, I don't want to damage the car. They're giant. And we're in a tiny car. <laughs> yeah. Birds will fuck up your car. <laughs> so I didn't hit any. Good I, for you. I got out of there. It was, it was a stressful situation. Yeah. Uh, all her talk about wanting to uh, drive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and get a manual. <laughs> she quickly said that was probably best that we did not. And then when we were in Dublin, she was. I said, okay, I've driven through all that. Do you want to drive us out? And she goes, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll do it. Because we found an open car park and then they were going to close too. They just close it. I guess they just shut you in. I don't know what they do. Well, they do it in Atlanta. They'll just shut, they'll just shut you in. Hmm. Not like I've been in car parks, like car parks in Atlanta. <laughs> have you? It depends on, what, it depends on what part up. of the town you're in. Yeah. But some of them are like, they have a couple of guest spaces, but most of it is for residents or something yeah. like that. And so it's their part of their contract that yeah. they shut the doors at a certain time. But if you don't like, and you have to go and you have to call the number to get the people to come, oh, to yeah. let you out of the car. No. This was just public parking that closed at 8 p.m. Everything. Wow. Well, yeah. I was going to say, didn't you say everything closes at Dinner, 8 p.m.? Yeah, that's another story for another day. But yes, they eat very early there, even though the sun's up till like midnight. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. So, yes. Well, good job. Ireland. You had adventures. Mm-hmm. Yay. I'll tell a few more about dancing with some British Army soldiers later. Ooh. <laughs> I've not heard about that. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. What else? Is, has it been a month? I was in D.C. Has, has had it, had I done that yet? I, no. You, you went to D.C. Went to, I went to D.C. and took my kid. And uh, yeah, it was that was cool. I have no, I have no great stories. I was just reminded like of the stuff that I already knew that I liked, like mm-hmm. the FDR monuments. Always going to be my favorite monument in all of, in all of Washington D.C. Probably, and it was just it was cool to take them like on the train, and you know, we met up with uh, just my best friend from you know, oh, cool. from high school, Jessica and her son Alex. And uh, went and did a haunted tour of Alexandria, Virginia, with them, which nice. was which was pretty cool. There were some pretty interesting stories this. off of that. Awesome. Yeah, they took us into a tunnel that went underneath a road that used to be a railway tunnel in Alexandria. Oh, awesome. And they said one of the groups that they had taken down there in recent months had like shown them a picture afterwards of like some creature climbing the walls. <gasps> what? <laughs> like, oh my god! And I was like, what? And she was like, it's like a dog. <gasps> 
but not like a dog. And it's obviously climbing the walls. Is it a hillhound like from my story in the past? Uh, maybe. Oh I was I, like, it was, I really wanted to, I was like, do you have this photo? Right. Of course she did not. Did not. But ah. She did say, there was also like somebody who had said she and somebody else who was on the tour once had seen just like out of nowhere like a fire start at the opposite end of the tunnel what and as we were leaving after she told us all these stories we turned around and randy and i both saw like a flash of light at the what? other side of the tunnel what? and it was like there's something that catches the light down there you know because of course you know who i am you know i'm not like yeah. oh my god i saw the fire i'm like hey look <laughs> shiny <laughs> you know? my brain would be like oh we are going to die in this <laughs> it's going to be like a gas leak and we're going to like be in it well one of the <laughs> one of the really fun things about that tour was like an architectural thing you know because all of the ghost tours they tend yeah. to do like kind oh, yeah. of history of the t you know all that kind of stuff it's, they it's weave it all together thing, yeah and um one of the things that was really funny was the number of revenge houses that are in towns like alexandria what's where, a revenge house so if if in one of the cases we went to this church and we were in the churchyard the churchyard was supposed to be haunted like there were supposed to be orbs and things like that and they were like take pictures here and maybe you'll see orbs so we did that and we turned around and like right at the back end of this churchyard with the graveyard right there in it i mean it was very small there was this other church that had a building built up like right at the end of it. I'm sure Randy's going to pop in and correct all this. Usually I get these facts wrong. But what I what what it was was like another church had built like right on their like basically like right at the edge of their property. They had kind of ruined their views, oh. had, you know, had been like right it's up like there. Like that guy in San Francisco who like like the rich guy who was trying to like buy up the full block and one guy didn't sell. So he built literally like this four story fence. Yes. Yeah. And he surrounded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it was like that, but instead of like, so they were pissed off at this other church for like kind of encroaching on their, their view and their area and territory. So, so they, Christian. they used Ooh. the last of their property line to build a building that went straight up the side with like maybe like three inches of clearance between the back of this new building they were building and the other church that had built at the edge of their property. So they oh, covered up like the majority God. of the stained glass windows that were in this other church. They covered them up oh, with this other building that they built for really no reason other than just to God. piss them off. To be assholes. But there were other ones too. She pointed out several and there was one that, I mean, it was like this little teeny house in between houses that was maybe like, I don't know, like maybe five feet wide. And, and just goes all the way up but it's just like fuck you guys this is my property you can't use my alley anymore so i'm gonna build a structure here it's crazy oh, give me some ideas but they rent, they <laughs> like and some of them are airbnbs there were two of them in alexandria she said that were airbnbs that you could actually rent the revenge houses and stay in them but they're revenge they're like the size houses. of you know a hallway in three stories i like this term Okay, this is Randy breaking in again. I promise I'm not going to make a habit out of this, but Marlea told me to, and I always do what I'm told. Congratulations to Marlea. She got most of the facts of the stories correct. The one thing she missed is the phrase that they used for this. It's not a revenge house, but it's a spite house. That's just going to help you when you go to Google this and see uh, the structure that she is talking about. All right. 
Back to the podcast. So, yeah. No, I like Revenge House. I do not like Revenge Churches. <laughs> no, Revenge Church is a little extreme. And, and again, I may extreme. be slandering this church, but I'm pretty sure I've got the main portions of this right. I don't know. This is why I lie. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's why these are tall tales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fun stuff we've been up to. You liked the cool. tour, though? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was, um, I think it was a company was U.S. Ghost Tours, I think. Mm-hmm. And our guide was very, very sweet. And we we enjoyed. She had a lot of information. She was chitty, chitty, chatty, chitty. Mm-hmm. She was chitty, chatty, chitty, bang, bang. She's friendly. We liked her. So, yeah, it was good. And we bought these little tiny plush stuffed ghosts for the kids. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah. Hope you guys out there in the internet land have been having a good summer so far, summer too. vacation time. And if you're having to work and stare at walls and not see the sunlight, then I hope you have a good vacation. Yes. I don't know how it is to, like, stare at gray cubicle walls day in, day out, while everybody's, like, posting on Instagram about their fabulous travel and vacation and be mad and wanting to build revenge houses oh, no. in their faces because I had to work my nine-to-five job. No. Social media revenge houses. <laughs> How do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a hacker, though. How do you plot? Yeah. <laughs> Firewalls, maybe. I don't know. That's just taking the... <laughs> that's all a little too far dark web stuff that we don't know about i don't know it i don't like it have we got any other news any other updates i don't think so okay let's take a pause and we'll be right back do you want more strange south every week we can help You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us, or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get free swag, extras, exclusives, and a discount on merch. You can find links to all these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode. Strange South t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and other goodies. See you there. I haven't hot flashes. Because I'm old. Get your hot flashes. So fuck y'all. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, oh my god and we're, we're back yeah man we're going <laughs> we're for, back we're going for it we're going for it uh, yeah it's not like i don't know what the, the energy level yeah the energy it's because the storm brought the heaviness in on us well i mean i'm sorry y'all but y'all have done a fuck ton of shit Mm-hmm. this past month mm-hmm. so y'all are still coming down I'm from tired. all I just... of that if it's not mental energy of keeping all the things in your mind and then physically <sighs> like the stress of having to organize and fucking travel mm. um, I did organize it and yeah, then work did. stuff back I mean I'm already back with the house the house schoolers are right. here my yeah. and then you know Blood. you've got two teenagers ah! basically at the house mm. 
and having, you know, to organize and do stuff with them and do your work. I mean, there's no fucking one. I'm like, I'm sorry. As do you. I know. You know, when you hit a certain age, shit don't bounce back. Ladies of a certain age. Like Ah. we are. Brain doesn't bounce back. Your fucking body definitely doesn't bounce back. You know what? I needed, I needed more. I needed, I needed uh, like purpose today. I felt like I lacked purpose today because I've had so much stuff going on and mm-hmm. I've like honestly sort of like this like some renovation shit I've been doing I was like I rocked the fuck out of this mm-hmm. last week I worked oh, yeah. my ass off and then I got to today and I was like I'd already had like a day of like pretty much restful stuff you know mm-hmm. and so I got to today and I was like okay well I did that I did the reading resting chilling day and now Do I'm it just again. sitting here but you, you need more than one day I know but I was like my uh, all of me was just like must have goal must have goal and i was like i had no goal left said a good one like i need to watch all the first season of dairy girls dude i would i I would love to rewatch that that was funny i've been reading i've been reading the dublin murder squad series by tana french i'm on like the third novel my friend gave me one of her novels a while back and and nice. I was like, wow, I, I'd like it's it's one of those things I can just like go through, right. you know, do it's that. Like, we'll spend the day like I reading know, and what, stuff. Yeah. She yes. sent me a picture of her book page because I taught the one Irish Gaelic word I learned. Oh, or phrase I learned was poke Mahone. <laughs> Means kisses my arse. <laughs> Pogue Mahone. Pogue Mahone. And they say it in a book. <laughs> and she goes, Poke look at my home. It's, like, it's P-O-G-M-O. T H O I N. Yeah, like it hone. shouldn't be hone. It's, hone. Okay. It's like. This kind of sounds like poke my hole. Yeah. Poke my hole. Which is totally different. Poke my hole. <laughs> it's like pucker up. Pucker up. Uh, pucker up, buttercup. Kiss my arse. Poke my hole. I like kiss my arse. <laughs> kiss my arse. arse. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> No, it is it is Pride Month. It's we were we were planning on recording this last month when it was like still technically kind of mid Pride Month, but uh, I caught the shit and I wouldn't have been able to get through but maybe ten minutes without coughing my brains yeah. out. So um, it's fine. Well, and we're still hitting the end of Pride. We're gonna and hit just why? the very butt end of Pride, and Pride really? isn't all year it's long. A year and long. yes, yeah, so, absolutely, absolutely. So, We've already wished you happy Pride, and I there's my Pride shirt. Yes, my pride, got, Jack I've Daniels got my Jack Daniels shirt. I'm pride. repping for uh, Green Pea Press in Huntsville Ooh, right now. Green Pea did. They are a, awesome. I'll have to take a photo of this. I I bought this shirt last week because I was just in love with it, and they released it a while back. But it's it's uh, a mama possum hugging a baby possum that has the trans flag colors on it and it is a protect trans youth shirt it which is an amazing I'm in love shirt with. Yeah. I, I, I was like i can't not get this and i had to wear it today so i'm really glad it showed up but, um, i'm the only one that's i'm, I'm rocking a moo i'm sorry love it's the gorgeous. my favorite <laughs> it's also patrice's air went out so she can rock whatever the fuck she wants <laughs> it's like whatever makes you comfortable babe <laughs> Oh, it did? I uh-huh. didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the air condition went out. With yes. the storm? No. Oh, before. Oh. Just because. Yes, because. Just because. Fuck. 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 <laughs> exactly. Frick. So, so, yes, Pride. It's Pride Month. 
I've talked about some like bad shit in Pride Month before. You know, we've done some Pride episodes. Yeah. We've done some murdery Pride episodes. We've done some bad shit. And there is a lot of bad shit out there. There's a lot of bad shit out there right now. Mm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad Southern shit for the queer community. But there's also a lot of just bad USA and world I don't shit wanna, for the I, queer you know community. What? I don't. We always get the bad rep for everything. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know honestly yes we do deserve a lot of the yes we do bring it on like that we in the southern right states, now, the southern states but i want to say like all over the u.s it's not just us y'all. no right it now is this is a everybody. unfortunate phenomenon and that's it's not, spreading yeah yes. and, and i don't uh, think it's i think it's been there it's, yeah, it's been there it's just loud right. you know and it's been it's, given a lot of like microphones and, in the last yes. 10 years i mean what the fuck Yes, there is a lot of bad people shit. And right. and I mean, if you want to pass laws that hurt transgender kids, you're bad people. I'm so sorry. I'm not actually sorry. No, so that's a bad people thing to do. So, right. you know, you, you're going to have to learn to deal with that if that's you. You know, a lot of people talk about the pride. Pride is a revolution. And pride started as a revolution. It's pride was a riot. But it's also a month of celebration. And right. I don't like my my brain is a naturally pessimistic brain like i tend to go to the bad stuff you know i'm like everything is so shit just so you know it's like i can yell about this like i because i feel like i'm in control of it if i can yell about it but i don't celebrate stuff enough yeah that's true celebrate absolutely pride across the south this month has had a lot of cool stuff to celebrate disney did its gay days Disney did its gay days right in the face of their governor. DeSantis, yes. fuck yourself. And, um, you know, I'm conflicted about Disney because, you know, yeah. it's not like it's doing everything that it could do. But you know what? It's a pretty it's, it's pretty awesome that, you know, you gay know. days is going down. Yeah. Um, uh, and we went. So me and my kids went to the Central Alabama Pride Parade right before, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And it was a, it was like the first weekend of June, second weekend of June. And they like adore the Pride Parade. And, you know, I don't always I don't always give it like the credit that I should because I really I didn't want to go this year. Like there were a couple things going on. I was just like, I'm just not feeling it like. Ugh. But they were so excited about it. And we got there and they just really love going into this like atmosphere where everybody's celebrating everybody else and everybody's happy and everybody's screaming for you. And everybody's screaming for them. Right. And, you know, so, of course, like, my younger kid makes a sign right before we leave that has the bi flag. And it says, do you love Pedro Pascal? And it's attached the bi flag to both sides. So she literally walked the entire parade route holding this up to people and saying, do you love Pedro Pascal? She said, bye for Pedro Pascal was what her her sign said. And she got so many fucking people just like screaming for her, trying to hug her. I was like, oh my God. So, you know, it's like they get the, the celebration of everything. And like when there's a lot of bad shit and you're in a safe place, that's when you got to party like louder. You got to love yeah. louder. You got to party harder. You got to celebrate bigger. And that's what the community does during during June. Right. So today I wanted to talk about somebody who was a seller, Southern celebration of the queer community in a tiny, hilarious gay package, Leslie Jordan. <gasps> oh, yes! Oh my, oh my God! Yes! Because nothing, just cried oh, nothing oh makes God. me happier. He <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, like, just, just see, just saying his name makes you happy. Oh, my God. Or, and kind of sad. sad. But here's the thing. It's been, happy. he died last year. And I, I wouldn't have wanted to talk about it before now. 
Yeah, too because uh, it it really it hurt. It did hurt everybody hurt. when when he died, and it was really sad news. It was like a light went out when he when he passed I'm away. Tearing up. Oh, me too. <laughs> but, you know, so at the time, and this was last fall, he was working on oh. um, "Call Me Cat" he, with um, Mayim Bialik, and he was driving to the set. And he crashed his car, and one of the things that ever like there was all this. It, you know, of course, immediately there's all these, um, you know, odes to him going out and everybody's just like memoriam and just how much they loved him. And, you know, some of the things are like, was there drugs involved? I can't oh, wait for the autopsy. Gosh. And I was like, Shut why are they the doing this? Up. So they they did this. this and it was a it was a cardiac event that he had, yeah. you know, and as I looked further into it, because, you know, I I loved Leslie Jordan, but I had never really looked that much into his, you know, personal life or his past. Chattanooga, or anything like Tennessee. That. Chattanooga, Tennessee. I know that much. <laughs> He had been stone cold sober since 1996. And that was kind of why it was brought up mm -hmm. in all of this is like, oh, was he drinking again? Was mm. he? No, he absolutely was not, you know. But that's it's a lot of what he's talked about in his comedy when it, when he's doing like his personal stories. Yeah. He always talks about his recovery. Right. And so, you know, that's one of the things he's done. <laughs> he's done a one man show. He's mm -hmm. written plays. He, he is has a done. He is a walking one man show. He did autobiographical plays. He's written books. I read one of them to talk today. Um, he was in every show. He was in movies. I mean, I so when I started looking at the stuff that Leslie was in mm -hmm. i was floor i was like if you tried to watch everything that he's appeared in it would take you months mm -hmm. months i mean like I, he started in 196 1986 his first his first role on tv was in the fall he was in the fall guy oh wow he was in night court midnight caller murphy, brown. Night court. murphy brown he was night in peewee's playhouse yeah. he was in perfect strangers like all these lois and clark hearts of fire he was in all these things star trek i mean like it goes on and on and on dharma and greg i mean like every single ally mcbeal like you hit everything in the 80s and 90s and through the 2000s that was a popular television show and leslie jordan was in it at one point or another the star trek leslie jordan no shit i know it's like this sounds amazing this is awesome he's i mean he's he's done fucking everything you know, like you said, he was born in 1955. He was raised in Chattanooga and he was a, just a Tennessee boy. Mm -hmm. And he like he's done articles, um, uh, interviews with like Garden and Gun magazine and stuff. And one of the things he said in one of those was um, he was talking about when he was a kid and like the kind of atmosphere he had in Chattanooga when he was a kid. And he said there was a barbecue joint out in the country. And as kids, we were just feral running around for the minute the sun came up and we would go to this barbecue sp spot and we'd buy one Coke to share. And the owner would tell us to go and we'd said, we're customers, we've got a Coke. And she'd say, go circle the parking lot 100 times. And if you do that, I'll give you a cheeseburger to get them out of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so we would circle and like count every time we got to the door, we'd count like 38, 39, just a 40. Challenge. And it, she, he said it would take us all day long, but we would get us a cheeseburger and then we'd run <laughs> off to the creek and swim in our underpants. Like Yay. that's what Leslie yeah. Jordan's childhood was in Chattanooga. Yeah. Um, he loved dolls when he was a kid. And the book that I read uh, was the most recent memoir. He's he's done another one previous to this, but it's called How Y'all Doing? Misadventures and Mischief from Life Well Lived. And he tells this story about how the first time he ever was taken to a wedding, he was three years old. And his mom wasn't sure that he should go because he's three and he's very, you know, precocious and mm -hmm. he's curious and he's loud. And his dad was like, you've got to. We need to take him to this thing. He needs to learn how to behave. And I want to show my boy off because some of my military friends are going to be there. Oh, I and didn't so know his military. His dad was in the army. Mm. And uh, so 
you know, it, the the wedding starts and his mom is sitting there with with him and he's just like crawling on the pew, standing Ooh. up, asking a billion questions, talking, <laughs> talking, talking in his little fine suit. And finally, she starts to say, I'm going to take him outside. Like until the ceremony's over, I've just got to take him outside. But as soon as she decides to do it, the doors swing open and they play Here Comes the Bride and the bride starts walking down the aisle. And she said... That when she told him this story, she said, I, he, he said, my mother says I froze like a pointer dog. I stood stock still and my eyes just were glued to this bride as she floated by in a cloud of white tulle Mm -hmm. because he was just like absolutely fascinated by the pageantry and he was just floored. I mean, it was like everything and everything he talked about that whole year after he goes to this and he's three years old is is about being he starts playing this game called the bright and bright and gloom because he's the bride and groom and he's always the bright and he makes his girl cousin walk him around in the aisles of the house like the groom he said he put an i put an angel food cake pan on my head and put my mother's white terry cloth bathrobe on backwards for my bridal gown and i was the vision of loveliness oh my god so he goes through the year just obsessed with this bride and groom game And then Christmas comes around and he's sitting on Santa's lap and he says, I want a bride doll. That's what I want for Christmas. I want a bride doll. (laughs) Of course, his dad isn't into this idea. And he's like, I cannot, you know, he's already, he's already out there. We we, like, we, we've seen this child. Like, I can't get him a, a bride doll for Christmas. And Christmas Eve comes around and he goes to bed and tells his mama, Santa Claus is going to bring me a bride doll and I'm going to play wedding and brush her hair. And his mom marches out of his bedroom and says to his dad you had better get that boy a bride doll for christmas mm, yes mom yes and so she was like i don't know if you want to deal with him tomorrow morning but i'm not going to deal with this heartbroken child mm-hmm. if there is no bride doll under our christmas tree and so he said she went into the kitchen to start cooking the kitchen feast or the christmas feast and in a few minutes she heard the front door shut mm. she said in 1958 mm. my career army daddy scoured chattanooga tennessee to find his three-year-old son a bride doll. Oh my gosh, I'm about to cry. And the next morning, he had a life-sized, to a three-year-old, <sighs> bride doll wrapped in cellophane with a white dress and pearls sitting under the Christmas tree for him. And his, the whole the whole t- chapter of his book was about this and talking about how much he thanked his daddy for getting him that <gasps> oh bride doll. And he Where even, did he find it? I don't God know. God bless him. Listen, Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan tells the story first, saying that he had to do it in a freak snowstorm in Chattanooga, <laughs> and later on, he's like, "There was no freak snowstorm." I was but it's a really say. good story that way. <laughs> it's a really good story <laughs> without the I snowstorm. Know it is. I mean, it I don't know. Maybe bride dolls were more common then, and I can I can picture those big box dolls. I can yes. too. They're really big ones, uh-huh. and, and I they mean, I guess they sell the angels on the top of the tree in those same same size or same types of boxes with like the cardboard back and the cellophane box on the front you know yeah, yeah. but mm. those big yeah mm-hmm. life-size but, dolls and he stayed obsessed with dolls like he he bought a an american girl doll for i think he said viola davis's child or something oh. and he spent all day in the american doll store like trying to decide which one she should have <laughs> when he was little he loved horses his parents got him a pony they named him midnight and kept it in their backyard in tennessee all his life he loved horses he actually started riding not show horses um oh i can't remember tennessee walkers maybe he started he started mm-hmm. riding horses again like shortly before he passed away oh. because he loved horses his whole life and hadn't been able to do it for a while mm-hmm. but um, 
his daddy was a lieutenant colonel in the army, I think, and he died in a plane crash when oh. Leslie was 11. Wow. You know, you hear a lot about like my mama, like it's, he's always talking he's about always his, talking mama. his mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always his but mama. But I knew nothing about his daddy. And it's... he he thought that his daddy was ashamed of him for a long time, he said. Mm-hmm. And his mom practically slapped him when he told her that the first time because she's like, he was so proud of you. Well, he I mean, he so would have gone out and bought him a bride doll yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. If, like he would. But you know, I mean, growing up in the South in oh the like God, the shit. late fifties, early sixties, um, and... even now, I mean, shit, exactly. So you know, so when he's grown up, church is a huge part of his life. Mm-hmm. Growing up, he was su- Southern Baptist. Not surprised. Like any serious Southern Baptist child, he was baptized like 13, 14 times. Mm-hmm. Because every time the preacher says, if you got sin in your heart, right, you come, come down on, here come this morning. Down, right? And it's he's like, the like oh my ride. God, that's me. <laughs> so like probably 14 times he said. But he loved singing church hymns. Again, he loved, like there's mm-hmm. so much pageantry in especially evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. And it, it really spoke to him too. And there was a Pride Source article that was an interview about Leslie after he died. The author was talking about his experience, the author's experience, being a gay boy growing up Southern Baptist in the South and how traveling gospel groups would always come around oh, and yeah. you know i i was gonna say for like and we not even them. not even just for revival no but like for you know if just for a singing, singing just like on a given sunday we just had singings like it wasn't just decoration yeah or homecoming it didn't or have to revival. be a special occasion it's mm-hmm. like there's all these families Whenever that would travel, travel. South mm-hmm. in a tour bus and they would come or whatever mm-hmm. and they would come and they would sing and he said that w- there was one group that stood out from the rest and it was called the happy goodman family and i've never heard of the goodmans do you know these mm-hmm. vestal goodman yes i know i know what but he i grew up only her. 45 minutes from chattanooga i know he talked about. Oh, my mother, yes, could tell us stories about Vestal Goodman. Because he talked about Vestal Goodman. This author was talking about. Yes, how I know. He said she sang like she'd been sent from the heavens just to minister, he said, to the weary and the downtrodden, which pretty much was the gay community in the Southern Baptist Church at that time. But he said she, had, I kept on thinking Tammy Faye Baker because that's the most relatable um, big story hold on a minute. person. I thought I had even more connection. She was born in Fife. She's from oh, Fife. Wow. She's from Fife. Oh my God. And I was like, wait, I know this name so well. Like, I know I'm, she's from Fife. And it's Fife. an unusual name. She's like, from you Fife. would know it if you know it. Yeah. So she's from Fife. So, Vesta Goodman, <laughs> she would wear these. Mom would floor smack length... me if I didn't add that part. <laughs> she would wear these floor length sparkling gowns, he said. Mm, and she had her Lord beehive swelt. on her head. Yeah. Yes. And she always had a hanky and oh my God. always a big old grin. Okay. So, y'all, if any of you i'm just side note here ever travel through the south find you a goodwill place a thrift shop and go to the record bin Mm -hmm. because you are going to find you so much gospel music white gospel music which is good but the album covers <laughs> unbelievable. The best. So many matching powder blue suits. So much high oh, hair. God, so it's so much, much. Blue eyeshadow. Yes, it's so, so much, much rhinestones. It and it's worth it. And that's what's funny. So the way that they kind of brought this up was that, you know, Vestal Goodman, they said was like the diva queen of Southern gospel music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they said, okay, so, and they kept on referring in this article to Southern Baptist sissies all capital SBS because there was a, a stage play and later on a movie called Southern Baptist S- Sissies that was done by Del Shores and uh and Leslie Jordan was in it oh, and it's about it. it's in, it's set in Texas but it's about gay guys growing up in the church in the mm-hmm. Southern Baptist Church 
um, so he said from one Southern Baptist sissy to another, you know, I always wanted to talk to Leslie Jordan more about Vessel Goodman if he knew her. And apparently Leslie Jordan was obsessed with her also mm -hmm. and said he never got to see her do a show, but he worshipped her. He said that the Goodman family was stuff he listened to like mm -hmm. all through the years. And in the 70s, in Southern gay bars there would usually be a drag queen doing Vestal oh, Goodman what? because there's not a huge leap from Southern Baptist like, gospel diva you're to drag queen nah. from your mouth to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like, she had all this, you know, it was so sparkly and so much, you know? And so they said that like, you could see Vestal Goodman, you know, at any drag bar for a while in the South. That's amazing. Leslie Jordan talked about how drag queens actually brought him out of the closet. So um, when he was in Chattanooga, you know, I think he came out to his friends when he was like 14 years old. Mm -hmm. But he also started doing drugs around the same time. Like, because mm -hmm. he said, you kind of have to do that if you're going to be out in the South in the, you know, right. 60s. Right. So, but in Chattanooga, there was a doctor, a, a rich doctor, he said lived on the mountain or something, who hosts drag parties. And there was only one gay bar in Chattanooga. And he was too, Leslie was too young at the time to get in. So he would go to this doctor's drag parties and all the kids who were underage would go to these drag parties. And one time um, he stole his neighbor's dress out of her closet. She had like a hippie flowery smock dress that he stole so that he could go do drag ah! at this doctor's party. And they started calling him Miss Baby Wipes was his drag name. Oh my God. He's exactly the same height as Dolly Parton. Say, yeah, he's In case short. you didn't know that, he is just the exact same height he's as Dolly petite. Parton. He, he has is. done Dolly Parton. I was going to say, Dolly just has on like 10 inch heels. Yes, she does. <laughs> she yes. is so small. More than six. But yeah. Leslie Jordan <laughs> called himself a messy queen. He, yeah, uh, and he said, but he loved this experience so much that he went to Atlanta because he was going to make his living doing drag at 17 years old. He was not, it was 1973, I guess. He found the bar in Atlanta that was called the Sweet Gum Head, which was the best known drag show club in Atlanta in the 70s. And he said that in the South, in, in Tennessee, he had only said he'd only seen what they called booger drag. Which they talk about, I think, on Drag Race a little bit. But Booger Drag is like the messy drag. It's like most of the people that he had seen would only do what Judy is Garland. What is messy drag, first of all? Because I don't know. It's not very... It's not polished, so mm -hmm. like the clothes don't fit you very well. The makeup yeah. isn't particularly oh. well done. The wigs may not be very well done, and I mean you might see it more in the deep south at that time, right. partially because there's no you've way for people to drag. learn. I've seen a bit of messy drag. That's like one of the only ones you've seen, right? Uh -huh. was, that was kind of messy drag, but it, it was uh, still but fun. there was some better. There, there was, was some, there was a range. There. there was a range. There was a yeah. range, mm -hmm. but I had seen a little bit of drag. Kind of like starting out too. I, I'm not oh, going to yeah. speak for the drag. And also, absolutely, but like, yes, I mean, you've got to learn. Has, that's a lot of fucking money Finding to do drag. No shit. I mean, you have yeah. got Ooh. yeah, you've got to find your Finding your style, find your style, and, yeah. Finding and, your voice. and the, fucking makeup is expensive. And oh one of the gosh. amazing things about like the drag community, as catty as people can be about each other. It, most it seems like most of the time if you recognize that somebody's just starting out and trying they're, they're gonna get support oh, yeah. you know so it's it's special that way you may be kind of shitty about it sometimes but like you're gonna <laughs> give people some support right but he eventually quit doing drag in atlanta because he said he just could not compete he said there was amazing innovation in the drag scene in atlanta in the 1970s and he was like i could not stand up to that oh, that's so weird because i mean he 
to I want to see him in drag. I oh, mean, it's would beautiful. he not be just amazing? And he has been. You should see I, him. everybody listening to this should see him in drag because he's gorgeous and he's awesome and hilarious. Um, Watch Sorted Lives. That is something that you absolutely have to do. So <laughs> that's why you were talking about Sorted Lives. I rewatched Sorted Lives because in Sorted Lives, he's a character called Brother Boy. It's a story <laughs> of a Texas family who is uh, their matriarch has died. And it's just it's a it was a, also a play before it was a movie, I think. And it's another Del Shores. But he plays a guy named Brother Boy who has been institutionalized for 20 years for being a gay man who cross dresses. And he is gold. Mm-hmm. And I never had heard of this movie. Box fan Chad told me about this Chad. movie years ago. Shut and up. I watched it. Courtney and I both watched it with him. Mm-hmm. But I had to rewatch it after I started reading up more about Leslie Jordan again. And it just like, oh, my God, you've got to watch it. He mm-hmm. plays. He's like he channels the ghost of Tammy Wynette. <laughs> and so he spends the entire show, the entire movie like, being oh, Tammy Wynette. My God. It's amazing. He 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 was in atlanta he quit doing drag but he's doing everything else he's doing meth he's doing like black beauties all the time like he's high all the time his folks bring him home to tennessee because he's still fairly young and he goes to college for a while he studies journalism and theater and he works he kind of goes back to his love of horses there's a farm south of where he's from um, called old mill farm and the lady one of the ladies who's uh who runs it is named carrie latimer robinson and he said he was working at the farm and it, he said uh, it was mid-morning and she had she he said miss latimer robinson had already made a couple trips to the liquor closet as they <laughs> called the bar up in the big house which i think we need to sign to put in front of our kitchen down yeah. here and call it the liquor closet it literally is a closet it is the liquor closet mm-hmm. um, but she she was kind of crazy and she like she came to him in the stables with two cats under her arms and she said these cats are my favorite cats, but they're inbred and they're very, very anxious. So I need someone to swing them. And she swing, brings two, two Bloomingdale's bags and she sticks one cat in one bag and the other cat in the other and swings them. She's like, like I'm doing. And then she just hands him the bags and like walks off and he's he's like calling his boss like, what the fuck? <laughs> like This woman wanted him to swing her cats to my. calm them for the afternoon. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that was his fun experience when he was working at uh, at a horse farm in Tennessee. So he enjoyed working there. He enjoyed the learning and everything at the college, but he didn't really want to stay in Tennessee. So in 1982, he said, I had $1,200 sewn into my underpants by my mother and I arrived in <laughs> L.A. and found West Hollywood. Oh, so he, he got girl. to West Hollywood um, one year after the CDC started documenting AIDS cases. Mm-hmm. And um, he really, like, he went from a place where he had no community in Tennessee to Atlanta where they had a community that had to be very insular in a way because there was a lot of negativity negativity outside Mm -hmm. and then went to LA where they had a more established community but everyone is dying so he signed up for Project Angel Food which was bringing like um, food dinners to people who were shut in with the disease and he got fired because the food was always cold because he would sit there and he would talk for Mm. hours with whoever he had brought it to Mm. 
as a volunteer. He got fired. Oh, mm-hmm. but um, he's he joined Project Nightlight, which is people who had gone into hospice with AIDS. They their families and friends have left them, and they they mm. created this organization so that nobody would ever be alone in hospice ever unless they wanted to be alone. So it was like right up his alley, and he would sit and just be with people and sit with people while they're in hospice, including his friends. He lost, you know, like everyone in the gay community in those days, he lost so many people and he really really appreciated like that sense of community that they all had you know to build each other up and to help each other so meanwhile he's doing all this and he's auditioning for roles in LA and he starts to get them and he starts becoming a familiar face all those shows that I listed at the beginning he made friends just by being Leslie Jordan right it's funny on all recipes of all places you know the sites the website all recipes they apparently have a podcast called what? the homemade pie or maybe they did or and don't anymore i don't know but he was interviewed on their podcast and he tells this story that um he said linda bloodworth thompson and her husband harry got a lot of money for doing designing yep, women. designing women i was just gonna say i know who that is and so her, her <laughs> husband harry bought some airplanes and he had never been on a private jet flight before anything but um leslie had just gotten hired to do hearts of fire with john ritter and so and this was 92 93 probably mm-hmm. and they were doing publicity so every time they had to do a publicity trip they would put him on this private jet and send them so the first time he gets on this private jet he's like well we're going to new york and he said well that's a long trip so i fried a whole chicken mm-hmm. and i made some potato salad and i had big <laughs> mason jars of sweet tea god bless. <laughs> and he said he got on the plane and they all laughed at him Aww. because they had this beautifully catered southern meal but he's just like well what did we had fried chicken and potato uh, salad and sweet tea. Oh, my God. I would have ate that first. Oh, my God. You know, I know. Did they eat it? I oh, absolutely. They okay. ate the shit out of it. And they, the lady actually listed his his recipe for iced tea. You know, mm. it is like, oh, and she's like, you've recipes. got on all recipes. Yeah. She's like, you've got to put it in a mason, a giant mason jar. Mm-hmm. He said he makes it so sweet that his grandmother used to say he was going to get the sugars from it. Yeah, you mm. get the sugar. Mm-hmm. But not long after that, stuff kind of shifted for him. So in 1996, he was arrested. He doesn't mm. like to say what he was arrested for it had something to do with alcohol and there was an article on et online because of course you know he gets arrested but it can't just be a regular guy's getting arrested he gets arrested and his lawyer tells him to ask for the homo tank (sighs) ask for the gay section because he said you won't survive in the main section and they didn't put him in the homo tank but this is in la they put him yeah they put him in the softy tank they said and he was supposed to stay for 120 days, but they let him out after 12. And they said, we need a bed for Robert Downey Jr. Oh. <laughs> He's downstairs. Oh, my God. And we're going to give him your bed. <laughs> so well, he that's got not out of surprising. Jail. He said he never got to talk to Robert Downey Jr., but he did share a bunk with him technically. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Because God. it was the same bunk in the same I cell. I remember that. Like, he was, like, down bad. Or, like, they, like, yeah. went after Robert Downey him. Jr. was. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. went through Party a lot him. of rehab, mm-hmm. a lot of different times. But so Leslie went into recovery after that, and that was the wake-up call that he really needed. Um, and he has been clean and sober ever since 1996. And when he was in recovery... No matter how many martinis he had on Will and Grace. They were not. <laughs> yes, exactly. When he was in recovery... He was Beverly in, Leslie. I know, Beverly <laughs> Leslie's the best. So he he met... Uh, he said his spiritual advisor in recovery was a man named Don Norman. He was a Blay Gack man. A gay black man. <laughs> And he said that, like, recovery is about so much more than just learning to not drink. It's about learning to live Mm -hmm. without drugs or alcohol. It's about learning to live with yourself. Right. 
one of the things he learned about from Don was how to work through shame, like internal homophobia. Even at this point in his life, somebody as out and overt as Leslie Jordan was still dealing with internal homophobia. Because, you know, because. I mean, growing up Southern Baptist. And and even just in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the U.S., yeah. So Don had him call him at 8 a.m. every or 8.10 or 10 to 8 or whatever every day and list four fears that he had. He did it for months and he ended up with a list of 80 fears. And then Don said, okay, everything that you're dealing with is fear-based and you need to write out where each fear comes from then write out which fears are real and which are imaginary. And Leslie's like, I don't know the difference between real and imaginary. And he says, well, if a bear is chasing you, then it's real. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, if mm-hmm. there's something, if this is not going to kill you, right? Then this isn't imagined. This if is not worried about a bear chasing you one life, day in the future. Then that's that not is real. Imaginary. Exactly. So you know, he starts to list his fears and like realizes he's still afraid that heterosexual men are going to be mean to him. He's still afraid that he's going to get AIDS. He's still, you know, and, and he lists and lists and lists 80, 80, 90 things. And I honestly, I've, I've done this before. I wasn't an AA, but I've done this before and everybody should fucking do it. Cause oh, yeah. it's shocking the number of things that you don't do in your life because you're afraid of something you won't admit you're afraid of. Yep. He says, um, a lot of how he became after this experience wasn't just happenstance that he worked his ass off to become the Leslie Jordan that we all no mm-hmm. and oh you have to be i mean yes and he just he was like you know it, he said he was born different you know he's born special mm-hmm. but being like he is still took a lot of work oh i can imagine and um, he he so he got more shows over the time you know he stays in la he's sober he gets more shows will and grace launched in 1998 mm-hmm. his first role as beverly leslie that, that was introduced in 2001 i didn't realize it was on for a couple of years before it was yeah. like the third season yeah, before beverly leslie came on i've watched it several times and so. he was only in 13 episodes but it was like yeah he, it was iconic he stole, yeah he stole the show he won an emmy he was for only it. in 13 yeah. he was only in 13 like so episodes and you know what God, when randy I'm, first started love seeing Megan oncologist, him too. i know Jeez. randy's first oncologist was this wee little white white-haired man who was very hyper and adorable and i started calling him Beverly Leslie. I called him Dr. Leslie the entire time he saw Randy as an oncologist. And I was, I had no idea what his actual name was. It was like the only thing I could think of when I saw him. The 2000s come around. Leslie's doing more and more of his own stuff. He does these, he does a stage show called Hysterical Blindness and Other Southern Tragedies that Plagued My Life Thus Far. He is cast in 2018 in a comedy series called The Cool Kids, which I haven't watched. And he's talking to a publicist Ooh, that. in the build up to that. And it's got Martin Mull and Vicki Lawrence, I think, and David Allen Greer, maybe. Hmm. And he says something funny to this publicist. And she's like, you should post that. And he's like, what does that oh, mean? Oh, here we go. And Social media. He doesn't ass. like technology. And she's just like, oh, you need to get on Instagram. He's like, I can't do it. And she's like, I'll have some girls walk you through it. So she has a couple staff members come and set him up on Instagram. And in a couple of days, oh he has 4,000 followers. Classic. And before long, he has 80,000 followers. And he's really, really proud of himself. And they're like, oh, that's not that much. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> and then COVID hits. Mm-hmm. Kelly. And the same that all recipes made podcast. my life so happy. Leslie I Jordan know did he was everything we needed during COVID. He said <laughs> so. He was in Tennessee during the pandemic. If any of us know who watched him do he this, was he went home to be with Mama and the twins. Yep. The mm-hmm. twins are uh, twenty-two months younger than him. His two little sisters, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and so he's renting this place not far from where they are, and he was bored. And he just, he started posting two videos oh a day gosh. on Instagram. And they were like very candid. Like he would be oh, laying yeah. in bed 
blood and just yep. have his face in it and he'd be like okay listen y'all he was like, no. what are y'all doing <laughs> it's time for pillow talk with oh Leslie Jordan gosh. and so he would and he said I would Happiness. just I would just get there and talk and mm-hmm. talk about what I was doing and he said a friend called me from California and said honey you've gone viral mm-hmm. and Leslie said I don't have COVID. <laughs> and he said, no, you've gone viral. And he said, no, I'm safe at home. And he said, no, internet viral. <laughs> and uh, it took him that long to figure out what had happened. And by the time of his death, Leslie had 11 million followers yes. between Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. He had 4 million on Instagram during COVID because you just got to watch oh, oh, yeah. him in his house be oh, himself. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It and so it was like, it was so like the good. best thing in COVID to get on so Instagram good. and like click on something and he says, well, shit, how are y'all doing? <laughs> and hello, fellow hunker downers. <laughs> it was like he was the best. And on Sunday nights, he would do Sunday hymns um, and he would yeah, have he was- people come and do mm-hmm. hymns with him mm-hmm. and he actually recorded a gospel album in 2021 called companies coming where he sings hymns with eddie vetter yeah <gasps> brandy carlisle eddie vetter was a good friend of his mm-hmm. in the end dolly parton chris stapleton ashley mcbride and that got him an appearance at the grand old opry mm-hmm. which he did in 2021 i think his instagram was just so honest and funny and mm-hmm. comforting mm-hmm. and shameless that it was just like what it every joy. it was the only thing we needed it was like the opposite of just all the horrible stuff you know mm-hmm. and in those last 25 years of leslie jordan's life he was 100 percent comfortable in his own skin and if pride is a revolution mm. then there's revolution in that and celebration and that and he was celebration yeah. in a wee gay little pinata of a package <laughs> and one of his shows used to end with this quote happiness is a choice happiness is a habit and it's something that you have to work at it doesn't just happen he said i was born with a huge capacity for happiness and i thank god for that because i think people born with a better capacity Uh, There are some people that are just born with a better capacity to be happy than Mm -hmm. some other people. So as Pride Month ends, I would just say, Mm -hmm. don't be ashamed. Mm -hmm. Be shameless. Be Leslie Jordan. Be a celebration of a human being. And that's really, I mean, uh, you can be that if you are a little Tennessee kid (laughs) running in the creek in your underwear. (laughs) And you can be that if you're a Hollywood superstar Mm -hmm. or if you fail at everything. If you think you fail at everything that you do, you're wrong, number one. Mm -hmm. And you you can sit down and look at yourself as like a wonderful creature. And you, I think that's just like the message of him and his entire life in Pride Month is just be a celebration of who you are because that's worth it. And that is my story. Happy Happy Pride. Happy Pride. I'm crying. I know, me too. It's hard not to cry when you talk about him now. But y'all, if you want to celebrate, if you want to celebrate. Leslie Jordan, where ever your soul is partying right now. Yes, get on his Insta, (laughs) y'all. Get on his Insta. All his stuff is still out there. Just watch him and just enjoy it. Because that's what that's what his like, you know, his soul is calling for you to do. And watch fucking sorted lives. It's so amazing. <laughs> do it. Do it. Thank, well, thank you, you all so much. Fantastic, Marlea. Happy Pride. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Trumpets of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there.
that past 13 times just to make sure.